This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is an attorney, a professor, an author. Uh, his new book is called Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. Please join me in welcoming Alan Dershowitz to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now, I'm sure you all know of Professor Dershowitz. Uh, he was a professor at Harvard Law School. It doesn't get much more prestigious than that. Um, he has uh, a an incredible uh, legal background, uh, and his new book is The Price of Principle. Why integrity is worth the consequences. So, I mean, I can't imagine a more knowledgeable individual to talk about this effort to indict the former president than Professor Alan Dershowitz. So, Professor Dershowitz, I will start with this. It seems as though a definite indictment became a certain indictment, became a probable, became a maybe, and now is there going to be an indictment against uh, uh, former President Donald Trump? Not if uh, District Attorney Bragg has any sense at all. First of all, he has only three choices. Uh, now that the Cohen uh, background has been exposed by Costello, he has only three Michael choices. Michael Cohen, that is the former yeah. attorney for Donald Trump. Right. He can try to make the case without Cohen, uh, using people like the former head or the head of the National Enquirer. That will be a very weak case. Uh, he could drop the case, uh, which he should do, or... He could put Cohen on the witness stand and endanger his own bar standing. Remember, it is an ethical violation for a prosecutor, you know this, to put on the witness stand a witness that he knows is lying. How can anybody not know that Cohen will be lying? He has told completely contradictory stories to his own lawyers, to the federal government. Uh, The best he can say is, well, I was lying then, I'm not lying now. But he's lying now, and a decent prosecutor, an honest prosecutor, cannot rely on somebody he knows to be lying. So I suspect there are people in his office and Bragg's office who are saying, wait a minute, this is going to get the office in trouble. Remember, this is the office that used to be headed by Bob Morgenthau. That's right. Hogan, the greatest prosecutorial office other than yours, maybe, but the greatest (laughs) prosecutorial office. In America, it was the, you know, the, the, the gold standard, and now look what it's come to. This is the worst case of prosecutorial discretion abuse I have seen in my 60 years of practice. There's you know, no Professor case, Dershowitz. There's no misdemeanor, there's no felony. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that uh, both of us, I mean, you know, you've been a, a very famous defense attorney. I mean, I spent my whole life as on the prosecution side and, and on the bench. But it seems to me that the idea that Bragg said no, the Federal Election Committee said no, uh, the Southern District of New York said no, everybody and, and everybody refused, Cy Vance, the former DA, everyone who yeah. looked at this said no. Then this guy, Mark Pomerantz, who yeah. was an assistant U.S. attorney for many years, he literally says, I'll work for free to get Trump. He leaves the office. You want to talk about another one who's involved in unethical and, and uh, impro- improper behavior. He writes a book 
based upon what his uh, the, uh, the impression of what's going on and the information he got in the DA's office. And then all of a sudden there's pressure on Alvin Bragg. Does Alvin Bragg then respond to the last and loudest voice? Is he that weak? I mean, a guy, the DA Alvin Bragg, he reduces felonies to misdemeanors. Yeah. That's his first yeah. day yeah. mission. Yeah, look, remember, the reason I entitled my book Get Trump, it's not an original title with me. That was the campaign pledge of the Attorney General of New York. She promised if you elect me, Attorney General, I will, quote, get Trump. The same thing was true of Bragg. He promised that he would uh, target uh, Trump. And, and the idea that you now, after all these years, what about the statute of limitations? Now, New York has some strange interpretations, but the statute itself is as clear as can be. In order to avoid the statute, you have to be continuously outside of the state. Now, he wasn't continuously right. uh, outside of, of the state. Uh, he was in and out uh, of the state. And, and the reason they didn't indict had nothing to do with it. Was it evidence or he was escaping or anything like that? They didn't want they made a decision not, not to. to prosecute. That's right. And that and the policies behind the statute of limitations are clear here. Also, you as I you know, in my book, Get Trump, I go through every one of the four cases against Trump, the one in Georgia, the one in Florida, the one in Washington, D.C. There is nothing to any of them, any first year law student. If the defendant's name was John Smith could win these cases without even going in front of a jury, just in front of a judge. But because the guy's name is Donald Trump, and I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I voted against him twice. Mm -hmm. I'm a liberal Democrat, but I care right. more about the rule of law than I do about the politics. Well, well so, Professor Alan Dershowitz, you always have. You have always cared about the, the fundamental issue. The facts are really not what sway you. It's the law. I mean, that is a history, and that is who you have been your entire life. And and I respect you for that. Although you you know there are times I don't agree, and that's good. Yeah, but you you've got, you're you're smart. You're a smart professional who understands the importance of the law. But the law is now being weaponized to go after political enemies. Who would have thought in the United States, Professor Dershowitz? Yeah, well, I'll tell you why I would have thought. I was part of the civil rights movement in the 1960s, and I trained at Howard University for how to get down to the South. And the first thing they told me is, don't put out your cigarette on the on the ground and don't spit on the ground because they're targeting you, and they will indict you for a felony for, believe it or not, destroying government property. That stuck with me for the last 60 years. Mm -hmm. So it was the segregationist sheriffs in the South that were trying to target civil rights workers, and that's the precedent that Bragg is now using to target Donald Trump. It's a shame. It's a scandal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it really is the, the idea. So if we could explain this to the listeners. So the Federal Election Commission had made a decision not to go forward because the, the fundamental issue is there was a payment that was made to uh, this Stormy Daniels, and yeah. that payment was made by Michael Cohen. And the president, before he ran, apparently was paying him in monthly installments and taking it as legal expenses. They then say, no, that was really a campaign expense. Now, I want you to consider this. Hillary Clinton 
what paid for that steel dossier, which we know was fake, which was used as a basis for an illegal warrant gotten from the FISA court, and she took that as a legal expense to Perkins Coy. Now, the Federal Election Commission fined her for that, but nobody indicted her, and it's worse on her part because she actually used campaign funds. Donald Trump used his own money. And that's not illegal. It happens every day by heads of corporations and people who just want things to go away and non-disclosure. Am I right or wrong there? No, we know that. And you have to have a single standard of law. Uh, Under the prosecution's theory, you expect that Trump and Cohen would pay Stormy Daniels a non-disclosure agreement and then list on his corporate form, the reason I paid it, is because I was giving hush money to a porn star in order to prevent my wife from learning that I had an adulterous affair. When's the last time that ever happened? How is it possible a crime to say that it was for legal expenses? Again, maybe a, maybe a fine, maybe a slap on the wrist. And then to turn that into a felony by saying it never occurred to Trump that this would protect him against uh, recriminations by his business associates, by his wife, etc. The only reason he did this was to help himself get elected uh, president. It's so absurd. Well, especially, you know, he's married to Melania Trump. Uh, you know, I, I would I would understand how he would want her to know about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, any husband doesn't want his wife to know about this kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, he says it's not true anyway. And, and by the way, did, did she just come out recently and say it never happened? This stuff just never ends. And Michael Cohen is like, you know, uh, this guy is a perjurer. He's a liar. I mean, he is the last thing that I would ever uh, use as a basis for a prosecution. Well, that to me, you know, I taught legal ethics for 35 years at Harvard, and, the, and I used to have prosecutors come by the class. I had Stephen Trott, who was this great prosecutor in the form, and now a judge. I had Rudy Giuliani. I'm sorry I never had you, but I would have prosecutors come by yeah. all the time. And the first rule they would say is you cannot put a witness on the stand unless you are confident that that witness is telling the truth. The same thing is true for a defense attorney. I've been practicing law for all these years. I had never put a witness on the stand who I had any doubt about their credibility, which is why 90 percent of my clients never took the stand because I didn't allow them to. Right. That was the rule. You don't lie if you're represented by Alan Dershowitz. That's the rule, and that should be the rule for Bragg. You don't lie if you're called as a witness by the attorney, by the district attorney, but he can't help lying. It's not his fault. He's not his fault. He doesn't know the difference between truth and falsity. As he told his lawyer, I'll do anything to escape prison. And we know that sometimes defendants do that and he didn't escape prison but he's blaming all that Hello? on donald trump and believe me he hasn't cert- suddenly him. come down and heard the word of god who said now you must tell the truth that's just not the way it works well it's not only not the way it works but uh, for a prosecutor not to realize that is pathetic and i think alan bragg is pathetic i mean this is a guy who on his first day in office as da in manhattan so-called da said hey if you bring in uh you know an uzi or uh an ar-15 uh to a robbery but you don't shoot anybody it will give you a misdemeanor i mean like come in with a bazooka if you want to you know it's crazy crazy wanting social 
social justice for some and wanting to literally crucify others. Professor well, Alan you, Dershowitz, uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the end here? Well, I think in the end, the likelihood is he'll be indicted. And then the question is, will an elected judge in New York, and you know elected judges in New York, you've been one, will a judge in New York have the courage to mm-hmm. throw this out on legal grounds Or will he worry, the judge or she, that she'll be Alan Dershowitz? Remember what happened when I defended President uh, Trump in the floor of the Senate? Oh, yes. People stopped talking to me. They wouldn't go to the gym with my wife. Caroline Kennedy said that if I knew you had been invited to this dinner, I wouldn't have come. Every any judge who throws out in Manhattan, who throws out a case against Donald Trump, will be ostracized, canceled and lose their friends. And, you know, I have an article in today's New York Daily News. You cannot get a fair trial if your name is Donald Trump in the in the borough of Manhattan. It's yeah. impossible. I maybe agree Westchester County, maybe Staten Island, maybe upstate New York, Manhattan. What, 87 percent vote against Trump? You think that any judge, any juror will be ready to face their friends if it's known that that juror or judge uh, voted to acquit or threw the case out on legal grounds? I don't think he has a ghost of a chance of getting a fair trial. You know, Professor Alan Dershowitz, it is stunning that you and I are having a conversation that if a judge rules according to the law, and I would dismiss based upon, you know, the insufficiency of the indictment, but that that this is America and people, and this is all the left. We've got to be clear. I don't know anybody on the right who's doing this. This is all the left, and people unfriend you. People don't talk to you. A friend of mine who is a very successful uh, person in New York City, you know, I saw him. I bumped into him. He said, please, please don't tell my wife that that um, I said hello to you. I mean, we're walking. I, I walked by him on the street, and I was like, you've been to my house. The two of you have been friends for years. Our kids went to school together. They hate and the fascism from the left to not tolerate anyone on the right is stunning. How, do, yeah, how did they get away with, with this? Where was the, where was the the bump that they got over that was like, oh, it's okay to hate everybody on the right? Well, look at what happened with Larry David. He was a close friend of mine. He used to come to my house to work at in my gym. We would have uh, dinner at my house three, four times every summer. Sees me. After I represented President Trump and he says, you're disgusting, I'll never talk to you again, yells at me, screams at me. Uh, I helped his daughter get into college. Um, I advised him on his uh, show on numerous issues. Uh, But, you know, the the Trump thing and I didn't vote for Trump, Uh, but that doesn't matter to him. I'm I'm what he called me was an enabler. I'm an enabler. That's what they said during McCarthyism, that if you're a lawyer, a civil liberties lawyer who represented somebody accused of being a communist, you're an enabler of Stalin. You're an enabler of communism. It's not the way our legal system works. I'm not an enabler. I'm a lawyer. You know, I represent people, and I represent them because the Sixth Amendment says they have a right to trial by jury with a competent counsel. And I'm going to continue doing that even if I have no friends. You know, it's interesting because I have – a lot of people on the right don't like me because I say over and over again that I didn't vote for Trump. And, of course, more well, who people cares? on the right. I don't, am I insult? No. Good for, I mean, you make your own decision. Of course. Of That's course, America. Yeah. My wife stood over me when I cast my ballot for uh, Biden because she wasn't completely sure that I wouldn't vote for Trump. So she actually videotaped me filling in the form 
that I voted for Biden so she could tell her friends that she knows for sure that I didn't vote for Trump. I mean, that the social pressures are incredible. In fact, that incident led me to think that we should not have absentee uh, ballots as the norm, because although in my case it's a joke, I would have voted for Biden anyway. I can imagine some people being influenced by others if they vote um, by paper, um, uh, the letters, uh, without any supervision and uh, without any uh, isolation. So, you know, that's another issue I'm concerned about, but that's for a different well, day. Look, Get anyway. Trump, the book Get Trump, that's, if you buy my book Get Trump, that is telling Bragg, we have somebody watching you. There is accountability. And one mm-hmm. of the reasons I wrote this book is I knew it would be unpopular with some people, but it's mm-hmm. really important for people to know that history will account for these All people. Right. That 10 years All from right. now, 20 years from now, people are going to be asking, did you violate Why? the Constitution to get Why? Trump? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Professor Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I want to thank you for being with us today. You've been a great guest, and uh, good luck with the book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Be well. All right. And never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. It's the Cats Roundtable on 77 WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.